Hosanna in the highest, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. <laughs> the end it's... of that song, it sounded kind of like the uh, ice-crushing ASMR from our lake walk today. 
The ASMR glory of the lake crushing the ice gently with the waves. <laughs> Every place you don't have revelation working, grace needs to abound. Let grace abound in my ASMR. Amen. You know those videos like on TikTok and on YouTube? <laughs> and they have the nice and they crinkle the little things and it relaxes people and they, it's really popular right now. You know, with the snap, crackle, pop. Yes, exactly. They like that. They want to hear the snap. They want to hear the crackle. They want to hear the pop in the highest definition of sound available, and it relaxes them. That mm. was like it was like the ASMR glory of the lake. It was just the most perfect, beautiful crushed ice sound. You had still some ice on the lake, but it was all broken up into this little these little pieces, and in only two spots on the whole lake, these gentle waves are coming in, and the crunching of the ice. It was just so beautiful. I think it was in the video you posted. Yeah, there's a video on the Facebook wall if you want to check out the ice sheets on BD Makoska. Yeah. Never seen that before, pretty crazy. Yeah. It was amazing. Probably has some deep spiritual meaning. <laughs> How can you live in the glory and still be dumb? <laughs> it's a great question, you know. A lot of people in heaven, they live in perfect glory, and they're dumb. Well. It's called going to heaven by grace. I mean, I'm not making fun of anyone. It's true. Mm. Like, people live in heaven, and they literally don't know anything other than Jesus saved them. Amen. There are angels like that, too. And so I was asking the Lord... If there's people in heaven like that that are living in perfect glory, that are literally clueless and don't understand nearly anything, have almost no revelation, why do we have so much darkness on the believers on earth? You know what the Holy Ghost said? Because grace doesn't abound. And the Spirit of God said, this is the key of walking in the light while you're young grace abounding in every area where you don't have revelation. You don't have to have darkness in your youth. Nobody has darkness in their youth in heaven, but we have in earthly Christianity, darkness in our youth in earthly Christianity. So God is going to super abound His grace in every area that you don't have revelation working. What is revelation working? The manifestation of the light of the Father of the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven. You need it because if you don't have grace abounding, you'll be in darkness, you'll be demonized, and God doesn't want that for any of your lives. Most people have very, very little revelation, which means they need tons and tons and tons of grace. Okay, so we can live in heaven despite our knowledge. Or we don't have to have a doctorate in glory just to live in the glory. The Bible says little children, which means they don't know nothing, can live in perfect light all the time. What's the difference between a little child and an adult in darkness that's really struggling with their, their faith and their walk with Jesus Christ? Quite a bit. They're down on themselves and they're always wrestling something. You ask them how they're doing and they'll always share their problems. 
because most Christians are like that. The reason is, is because there's not enough grace working in the believers yet. We don't have a revelation of grace. What's going to come to prepare and make straight the way of the Lord is a flood of liquid grace. Knowledge, yeah, there'll be knowledge inside the river, inside the flood. There will be an understanding knowledge. It'll be amongst the mature ones who bring the floods. But God wants to raise people up in an atmosphere of light. So it's not just everyone losing in their infancy in Christ. Like you see in the days of the Apostle Paul. Almost all the early churches in the Bible were losing to the devil you read it, they're going apostate. If you know church history, you know all of the churches went apostate. Literally all of them. And when the apostles died out at the end of the first century, the Bible and church history explains almost all signs and wonders died with the apostles. Why? There was no more grace. These men were temples of liquid grace, torrents of grace upon children. So the greatest thing you can do is create an atmosphere for spiritual growth in Jesus Christ. It's not just do's and don'ts, putting yokes on people's heads and shoulders. It's not even shouting commandments. They'll wonderfully love to do the commandment of God if they're in an atmosphere of light, life, and grace. So we need to create that atmosphere. Our job is to produce an atmosphere where people can grow easily. And it's not difficult to grow in Christ. It's fun. It's exciting. It's wonderful. You wake up in the morning and you're excited and energized for today's growth. The burdens off your neck and back and shoulders and head just break off you right now. Expectations break off you right now. Give it to the Lord. There's not one area of your walk that you can perfect. Jesus is the perfecter of your walk, it is written. Which means there will be a, a greater reliance on the person of grace. As it is written, you get the baptism first. What comes after the baptism? The teaching, the revelation. The Bible says, baptisms come first, Hebrews 6, then the teachings of righteousness afterwards which means a submersion into the liquid light of God the Father first, totally undeserved, in the midst of your sin, opinion, stubbornness, lust, mess, sickness, poverty. God will drown you in liquid light in your mess. Just receive a baptism tonight. Then, in the midst of the baptism of liquid grace, You'll be able to learn and hear righteousness. Without the manifest presence of God and that atmosphere of the baptism of holiness and the baptism of grace, there won't be enough grace to hear what God's saying to the churches. As it is written, the word of grace sanctifies you and sets you apart for the inheritance of those who are fully purified of heart and mind. It is written... It is all about being set apart progressively. First you get the grace in liquid form, baptism. 
Then you get the grace in solid meat for the mature form, which is understanding how the plumbing of the kingdom of heaven or the water temple of Ezekiel 47 operates, knowing God's ways. You didn't know God's ways at baptism. You just heard about Jesus. Most people are baptized within a few weeks of believing in Jesus Christ. You were born again, became believers of Jesus. Now you must be baptized. After you're baptized, then what? Then you get trained. Now is the time for the baptism of grace, then the training of righteousness. Amen. When you're baptized, it's easy to learn. Because you're just positioned in a place to understand the substance you're already living in. As it's written and everyone knows in the prophetic church, the prophets confirm what you're already experiencing in God. And what it does is it solidifies it, makes your faith rock solid. And it builds your spirit because you thought that thing and it's confirmed by another who walks in that thing. And how can two walk together unless they be in agreement? So you're learning how to walk in the river. You're learning how to flow in the Holy Ghost glow. You're learning how to know what the Father knows. You're learning how to flow in what the Father flows. You're learning how to see as the Father sees and hear what the Father's saying in the river, like the angels. And it gets easier and easier the more you're submerged in the atmosphere and substances of the kingdom of heaven. Thanks be to God. Amen. I was going to read about holiness here tonight because what I see coming forth today is torrents of holiness. A torrent is an unstoppable movement of liquid or substance. In this case, God the Father himself. It is an unstoppable movement like rivers, only torrents are rivers of of unstoppable force. You can dam a river, but you can't dam a torrent. A torrent is revelation working in your life that your soul's fully dependent on. You might have a torrent for finances. You might have a torrent for prosperity. You might have a torrent for health, and you just can't get sick. Everyone else gets sick. You never get sick. Everyone else struggles with all kinds of intrusive thoughts in their mind and you're well protected and abounding in God's glory in those areas. You have breakthrough and the word working. You have revelation in those areas, which means there's torrents flowing. It's an unstoppable force. You can't be stopped in those areas of your life. Those are the areas in your life that you're rock solid in Christ. God wants to make the whole resurrected life of Jesus a torrent through your hearts, a torrent through your minds, and a torrent through your bodies so that everyone around you is getting hit with God moving through you with an unstoppable force. Matthew 3, 11, Those who repent I baptize with water, but there is coming a man after me who is more powerful than I. In fact, I'm not even worthy to pick up his sandals. He will submerge you into union with the spirit of holiness and with a raging fire. It is about the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 13, 19. What is it all about? It is about the kingdom of heaven. 
which advances only through liquid light, liquid grace, God's rivers. When someone hears the story of the kingdom and cannot understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away whatever goodness and holiness had been sown into the heart. This is like the seed sown beside the road. What does it mean, beside the road? It means that it, they never got into the river. Beside the river. Like those who came down to John the Baptist, they were beside the road. What was the road? What's the highway of holiness? What's the road of holiness? The river of life. You jump in and you're in the superhighway. It'll move as fast as you yield to it. Resurrection only happens by the upflowing spirit of holiness, the river of life. Mark 1.8 I've baptized you into water, but he will baptize you into the spirit of holiness. I want you to see holiness tonight like a river. Like a river right inside your heart. You ask Jesus in your heart, you know Jesus is the source of the river of life. Revelation 22.1 I saw the lamb looking as though he'd been slain and proceeding from the lamb was the river of life crystal clear and sparkling you have the lamb of god now use what comes forth from his throne to return to his throne everything that comes from jesus is all you need for life and godliness it is the resurrection of the river of holiness the torrents of holiness how does a river turn into a torrent by you practicing it by you living in it breathing it eating it drinking it sleeping it waking up in it and it becomes infused it's really when the word is made your flesh the river becomes torrents a living epistle it means you are just walking in the outpouring of the father's glory and there ain't a darkness around a temptation around that can shut down your relationship, your union with God the Father. Luke one thirty five, Gabriel answered, The Spirit of holiness will fall upon you, and Almighty God will spread His shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. Notice there's a, a falling of the holiness of the Holy Spirit upon you for the birthing of the Son of God in you. <laughs> the glory of God is imparted from the King of Glory. Not something you can work up. Not even something you can study. From a person who gives his word that's a container of a substance, it's like a book of life. What does it mean to have a book of life? It means it's alive. What makes the book of life of the Lamb of God alive? It is filled with the Spirit. It is filled with the Spirit of glory, with light, with grace, and God Himself. The word is filled with with the living God. And so this word will fall upon you and spread its shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. 
This is why you, yes, all of you, will give birth to a holy child and he will be called the Son of God. So there's a lot of things to manifest sonship. The birthing of the Son of God is the manifest sonship of God. It is something that your spirit brings forth from deep within you. It's not something from the soul. It's not something from the brain. It's not something from the flesh. It's from deep within your spirit, from the Creator Himself. You are commanded to receive the Spirit of Holiness, allow the glory of God to come upon you, and birth Jesus from your hearts. And that will be the torrent within you. Luke 175 in holiness, being set apart in righteousness, being upright before him all our days. And Luke 2:20 Luke 2:25 as they came to the temple to fulfill this requirement, an elderly man was there waiting. A resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon He was a very good man, a lover of God, who kept himself pure. And the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. So the spirit of holiness rests upon you and brings forth the refreshing of your life. The torrent of holiness is your refreshment. Luke 3.16 But John made it clear by telling them there is one coming who is mightier than I. He is supreme. In fact, I'm not worthy even being his slave. I can only baptize you in this river, the natural baptism. But he will baptize you in the spirit of holiness and into his raging fire. This is what brings the refreshment and this is what brings the glory. Notice what brings the glory of God to earth. We just read it. When the spirit of holiness is baptizing you, the glory comes next. married to God in your spirit (laughs) to find your beloved one your first love within you not just to be aware of the written word of union to God but to go through every interior castle And to face every evil thing that dwells there. To find the dwelling place that is reserved for the Most High God. Not just you enjoying Shekinah. Even manifest Shekinah. But it's you being filled 
to overflowing with Shekinah. And you go up sapphire stones with the purpose of marrying that Shekinah within you to the Godhead, three in one. And this quote that you might recognize from one of our favorite movies, through dangers untold and hardships unnumbered, I have fought my way here to the castle beyond the goblin city to take back the child you have stolen. For my will is as strong as yours, and my kingdom as great. You have no power over me. <laughs> to take back that inner child, your innocence, the restored glory that you shared with God before you were knit together in your mother's womb. To take back what was stolen and be restored to innocence again. To face every fear and every trial and every temptation without fear. Not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ within you. And through trial and error and through humbling and seeking with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength, leaning and relying on Him, you can make that journey to your innermost being and become a vessel wholly flooded and filled with glory light. The glory of his conscious light, uncreated light that drives out the darkness. Like a candlestick of seven spirits blazing through every room and every apartment and every level of every castle within you. And upon completing that journey, not being content with that which is yours that he's given you, but to desire him above every gift, every palace, every gemstone, and be married to him. You're going into the temple. The temple is being rebuilt. The temple is being cleaned. The pioneering work of the rebuilding of the celestial temple within us is underway. Who will support it? Who will fund it financially? Who will partake in being a builder? Who will be a watchman over the building process? who will value that physical, invisible realm that is far beyond the worth of what we've seen with our natural eyes. That building 
of the body of Christ up into maturity, valuing him, his work, above rubies, above gemstones, above all precious things to be made into a new creation, a new vessel for a new earth, the earth, the world that is yet to come. Behold, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and behold, your Lord knocks at the door of your heart. Will you answer? I was sitting before the Lord today in my house, and I was just listening. I was at his feet, listening. I bowed my head at his feet, and I listened. And suddenly I felt like I wasn't in the room anymore. My body was in the room, but maybe I was somewhere else. And then I didn't see anything, and I didn't feel anything. It was just nothing. And I thought, that's it. The self-life is nothing. And it startled me so much, I went from hearing nothing and seeing nothing and no one to hearing a loud knock on the door. <laughs> it startled me. It brought me right back to my senses, to my body. And I realized, I don't think there's anyone knocking at my door. There's no delivery stay, and I think it came from the other side of the house. So I said with my mouth out loud, I said, if it's Jesus, you can come in. Please come in. Because the Holy Spirit had quickened my mind to the remembrance of this verse. I heard him knock at my heart's door. I heard his knock at my door. So I said, if it's Jesus, please come in. And shortly after that, I started to phase out just a little bit. And I heard a beat drop for a new song. And this had to have been, I mean like an 808 machine. The, you know, when the beat drops. And it was just clearly eight. And we've been seeing, you know, we've talked about 818. Some of you might understand it's also connected with 808. What is it? Is it about Joseph? There's signs and wonders about Joseph today. We'll leave some of the clues. You can have fun looking into the mysteries. That'll unveil things to you as you seek and you find. But that beat drop of the new song, this must be the start of a new song. You know, not just the very beginning of a song, but just that part right when the beat drops, the exciting part, the fun part. It's springtime in our hearts. And so when I got up off of the floor and I walked through my house and I just started, you know, getting ready and going about my business, I stopped in my tracks. When I went into the kitchen, I saw that my patio door was open. I had not opened that door in I don't know how many days, how many weeks. It stays closed all the time unless 
If it's a nice day, I might go out, and I had not used that door in so long I could not remember. And there it was, open. It opened. The door was open. It's not possible for a heavy door like that to be opened by wind. Plus it's a hundred feet off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> There's no one that can <laughs> access that door. But I said, if it's Jesus, having heard his knock and what I perceive to be inside of my heart, he opened a door within and without. And I looked and I thought, this has to be what you're speaking to me about today. And so I'm going to read some verses to you. They might sound like angelic code language, and that's a good thing, because as you hear those words, and they do not fall on deaf ears, they fall on ears that hear, that you hear by grace. These words are the angelic measurements and coding to activate in your spirit that thing which this mind cannot understand, but is eternally beneficial. And the only reason I know this now, these are the verses I always discounted in years past. That's just a measurement. That's not important. Just skip through that part. These are alive and active to open up, I believe, a door in your life. As I'm sharing this testimony with you, I, what I've learned from people who are older and more wise than I am, who have more experience than I do in a walk with Christ, in greater amounts of experience, and an ability to learn and garner from others. And what I've heard and I've found from these people who have gone before me is that when you hear someone giving a testimony of something supernaturally occurring, listen carefully. Because whether they understand it or not, the Holy Spirit within those testimonies, He gives keys. And those keys often lie in the subtleties, in the things that they say that for most go unheard, but for those with a keen ear, and all that means is a hungry ear, you're hungry for the word of God and your heart is open wide to receive revelation knowledge. Revelation light, let there be light for these doors to be open for you. This door is the door that faces to the south. And when I looked, I saw that the door, I calculated at the door facing south, and at Brandon's apartment, the opposite door, the only door over there faces the north. Well, isn't that interesting? We have the south, the south and the north gate, but listen and be activated because this isn't about an external thing. This is about your internal door, Jesus knocking at your door, whether you've stopped to listen and hear it, hear it or not. He stands at the door and he knocks. First Chronicles 26, 12 through 15. These teams of security guards supervised by their leaders kept 
order in the temple of God, keeping up the traditions of their ancestors. They were all assigned to their posts by the same method regardless of the prominence of their families, each picked by gate assignment from a hat. Shelemiah was assigned to the east gate. His son Zechariah, a shrewd counselor, got the north gate. Obed Edom got the south gate. And his sons pulled duty at the storehouse. Shepim and Hosa were posted at the west gate and the Shalekith gate on the high road. First Chronicles 26, 16 through 19. The guards stood shoulder to shoulder, six Levites per day on the east, four per day on the north and on the south, and two at a time at the storehouse. At the open court, to the west, four guards were posted on the road and two at the court. These are the teams of security guards from the sons of Korah and Merari. 2 Samuel 6, 6-12 But when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, the oxen stumbled. So Uzzah reached out and took hold of the sacred chest. The Lord God was very angry at Uzzah for doing this, and he killed Uzzah right there beside the chest. David got angry at God for killing Uzzah, and he named that place, bursting out against Uzzah. And that's what it is still called. David was afraid of the Lord and thought, should I really take the sacred chest to my city. He decided not to take it there. Instead, he turned off the road and took it to the home of Obed-Edom, who was from Gath. The chest stayed there for three months, and the Lord greatly blessed Obed-Edom, his family, and everything he owned. God's plan to bless you, your family, your spiritual family, and all that you own. The sacred chest is in Obed-Edom's house. The chest stayed there for three months, and the Lord greatly blessed Obed-Edom, his family, and everything he owned. Then someone told King David, The Lord has done this because the sacred chest is in Obed-Edom's house. Right away, David went to Obed-Edom's house to get the chest and to bring it to David's city. Everyone was celebrating. First Chronicles fifteen seventeen through twenty one. From the clans of singers, they chose the following men to play: the brass cymbals, Himon son of Joel, his relative Asaph son of Berechiah, and Ethan son of Kishiah, of the clan of Merari. To assist them, they chose the following Levites to play the high pitched harps. Zechariah, Jaziel, Shimaramoth, Jehiel, Uni, Eliab, Masaiah, and Benaiah, to play the low-pitched harps. They chose the following Levites, Mattathiah, Eliphelehu, Milkniah, Azaziah, and the temple guards, Obed-Edom, and Jael. First Chronicles 26, Four through five. Guardian of the South Gate, Obed Edom had sons. His oldest son was Shemaiah, 
Jehazabad was his second son, Joah was his third, Sakar was his fourth son, Nethanel was his fifth son, Amiel was his sixth son, Issachar was his seventh son. There's a meaning in a name. There's an engraving upon a name given at birth that carries a deeper meaning. And every one of these seeds and these positions exist in the spiritual realm. And God blessed Obed-Edom. These are the groups of the gatekeepers. These are the groups of the gatekeepers from the Korah family. First Chronicles 26.15 Obed-Edom was chosen for the south gate, and Obed-Edom's sons were chosen to guard the house where the valuable things were kept. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The south gate represents Hesed, his loving kindness. Hmm. First Chronicles 26:17. Six six Levites stood guard every day at the east gate. Four Levites stood guard every day at the north gate. Four Levites stood guard at the south gate. And two Levites guarded the house where the valuable things were kept. Ezekiel 4:20 40, 24 through 31. And bring your mind in that inner temple. The man then took me to the south gate. He measured the walls and the entrance of the gate. And the measurements were exactly the same as those other two gates. There were windows in the guard rooms of this gate and in the entrance room, just like the others. And this gate was also 85 feet long and 42 feet wide. Seven steps led up to the gate. The entrance room was at the far end of the passageway and faced the courtyard of the temple. Carvings of palm trees decorated the walls along the passageway. And directly across the outer courtyard was a gate on the south side of the inner courtyard. The man measured the distance between the outer and inner gate, and it was also 170 feet. We then went into the inner courtyard through the gate on the south side of the temple. We then went into the inner courtyard through the gate on the south side of the temple. The man measured the gate and it was the same size as the gates in the outer wall. In fact, everything along the passageway was also the same size, including the guard rooms, the walls separating them, the entrance room at the far end and the windows and what in Enoch does it say through which move come and go what does it say the stars okay the windows 
This gate, like the others, was 85 feet long and 42 feet wide. Thank you. Angels being released at the sound. To activate and open these up within your temple walls, your temple gates, your temple windows, portals of stars. This gate, like the others, was 85 feet long and 42 feet wide. The entrance room of this gate faced the outer courtyard, and carvings of palm trees decorated the walls of the passageway. Eight steps led up to this gate. Seven steps, eight steps. Seventh day, eight day, seventh week, eighth week, in which the elect are given what? A sword. Amen. Ezekiel 40, 29. The inner south gateways rooms, inner walls, and porch measured the same as gateways in the outer wall. There were windows all around the gateway and its porch. The gateway was 87 and one half feet long and 44 feet wide. The inner courtyard. Ezekiel 40, 28 through 31. Then the man brought me through the south gateway into the inner courtyard. The inner south gateway measured the same as the gateways in the outer wall. The inner south gateways rooms, inner walls, and porch measured the same as the gateways in the outer wall. There were windows all around. There were windows. There were portals all around the gateway and its porch. The gateway was 87 and one half feet long and 44 feet wide. Each porch of each inner gateway, each inner portal, every one of your inner portals sanctified by grace pure, undeserved, undefiled grace of the Holy Spirit within you. Each porch of each inner gateway was about 44 feet long and about 9 feet wide. The inner south gateway's porch faced the outer courtyard. Carvings of palm trees were on its side walls and its stairway had eight steps. Eight steps. And from the outside to the inner gate were the chambers for the singers in the inner courtyard. One of which was beside the north gate with its front toward the south, and one beside the south gate facing toward the north, he who was guiding me said to me, This is the chamber which faces toward the south. It is for the priests who have the responsibility and take care of the temple. But the chamber which faces toward the north is for the priests who have responsibility and take care of the altar. On the south, that faces the north, these are the sons of Zadok, who alone from the sons of Levi come near to the Lord.
to minister to him. He measured kingdom of priests, a holy nation, holy set apart, the priesthood set apart. He measured the courtyard a hundred cubits long and a hundred cubits wide, a perfect square and the altar was in front of the temple then he brought me to the porch of the temple and he measured the side pillar of the porch five cubits on each side and the width of the gate was three cubits on each side the length of the porch was 20 cubits and the width 11 cubits and at the stairway by which it was ascended there were two columns beside pillars one on each side of the entrance. Now when the prince enters, he shall enter by way of the porch gate and go out by the same way. But when the people of the land come before the Lord at the appointed feast, he who enters by way of the north gate to worship shall go out by that way of the south gate, and he who enters by way of the south gate shall go out by way of the north gate. No one shall return by way of the gate through which he entered, but shall go out straight ahead through the opposite gate. When they go in, when they go in, when you go in, the prince shall go in among them, and when they go out, he shall go out. He will come out. Let the king of glory out. Let the king of glory out. Lift up your heads, O you ancient gates, and let the king of glory come out. And when they go out, he shall go out. You go within. You go through the gates. You pass the test. You understand through experience both his judgments, his severity, and his loving kindness. Balance with truth on display. The pillars of the temple. An overcomer who is a pillar. You will be a pillar in the temple of your God to become an overcomer. He cast two pillars in bronze, each 27 feet tall and 18 feet in circumference. He then cast two capitals in bronze to set on the pillars. Each capital was seven and a half feet high and flared at the top in the shape of a lily. <laughs> the lily of the valley has grown up to be a pillar in the temple of her God. Bride of Christ, arise and shine, for the glory of your Lord has risen upon you, no longer just hidden within you, but overflowing, meeting him within and coming out as the glory and the king of glory is released the seven spirits of Jesus Christ, like a dove, released from the ark. There's an 808 for you, a new song. Genesis 808. The release of the dove. 
The capitals which were upon the top of the pillars in the porch were of lily work and design, four cubits. And we could go on to talk about bowls of the capitals atop the pillars. Four hundred pomegranates in the two lattice works who's peering from behind the lattice. One who was gone into the innermost place. Behind the lattice, through the portal, from which he would look through, peering through to you. But now you go in to him, to that place from which he stood within you, peering through the portal, peering through the lattice. By understanding and by faith stepping into those portals within your spirit, your ephod, a heavenly priest, you've decided to become set apart, even though you don't yet fully understand. Believing in his promise, it is written that someday you will come to understand, but now simply by obedience to his word, holding tight to what you know. I went to sleep, but my heart stayed awake. I dreamed that I heard the voice of my beloved as he knocked at the door of my mother's cottage. Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my spotless one, he said, for I'm wet with the heavy night dew. My hair is covered with it. Revelation 3.20 through 22. Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, restore him, and he with me, he who overcomes the world through believing that Jesus is the Son of God, I will grant to him the privilege to sit beside me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down beside my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear and heed what the Spirit says to the churches. After this, I let my devotion slumber, but my heart for him stayed awake. I had a dream. I dreamed of my beloved. He was coming to me in the darkness of night. The melody of the man I love awakened me. I heard his knock at my heart's door as he pleaded with me. Arise, my love. Open your heart my darling, deeper still to me. Will you receive me this dark night? There is no one else but you, my friend, my equal. I need you this night to arise and come be with me. You are my pure, loyal dove, a perfect partner for me. My flawless one, will you arise? For my heaviness and tears are more than I can bear. I have spent myself for you throughout the dark night. And 808, the song of your brand new fresh start today. The season of spring. Genesis 8 8. 
Then he sent out a dove to see if the waters had receded from the surface of the ground. Then the rainbow came, which is the glory after the baptism of the waters. My favorite part of what you were saying there is when the when you went in, the prince went in. And when you went out, the prince went out. And I could see people in their mind renewed to go inside their heart into the holy place. The Amplified Classic calls it John 7:38, your innermost being. That's the source of holiness. And you can't have any unless you go there. You can't actually walk in Christian holiness, not real Christian holiness, unless you're God inside minded and you have gone in. What she just read said the prince won't even go in until you go in. That's what the door is. That's what the knock is. The knock of Jesus at the door, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door, knock if anyone hears and lets me in, I'll go into him and fellowship with him. And we'll have intimate time together. Where? Inside your spirit. Jesus is the holy of holies inside the holy place of the born-again believer's new creature spirit. And when you go in, he goes in. If you don't go in, he never goes in. All your Christianity is external religion all the days of your life. That's what you're overcoming. You're overcoming external Christianity. That's what repentance is. Repentance means return to Jesus. When you go in, the prince goes in. doesn't get any more repentive than that. And these gates, the north gate, south gate, east gate, west gate, these same gates are in... Ezekiel 47, the gates of the release of the torrents of holiness and the treasury and the finances that were kept by Odom, uh, Obed-Edom and the south gate and the, the Levites, these, these ministers that looked over the treasure house of the temple of God. And that's the rainbow word of God is, Consecrate to me all the finances of the nations into the temple of living water of the spirit of holiness. And it'll be a cosmic treasure house. Store up treasures in heaven. Well, That'll be done in the cosmic realm. The Lord Jesus was talking to me today about the above realm from Scripture in the Gospels. He'd confront people down on earth, just like them, and he'd say, I'm from above, but you're from below. And you'd look at him, you're like, you're here below with us. Are you insane? <laughs> so what's this above? It was his cosmic body. Jesus was operating out of a cosmic body, therefore demonstrating dominion of the below realm. So I'm going to read a little bit about that. Mm. Matthew 6, 7. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs, message, and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world bright. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. 
John 3.32 He reveals the mysteries seen and realities heard of the heavens above. So what is it to be above and not below? Heavens. It is to be in the mysteries of the heavens heard. But no one below is listening. So in order to overcome your below realm, Jesus Christ, Red Letters John 3.32, you had to be listening. Then the mysteries are revealed from the heavens. Then you go into the above. Then your cosmic body is formed. Now, the whole new covenant, the whole point of it, is to form cosmic bodies. Devils have turned Christianity into just to being earthly good works and being a good person down here. Blah, blah, blah. Nonsense. That's horror Babylon activity. That's Antichrist. That's humanism. Using the New Testament for to be a good human is blasphemy. Using the New Testament to become a cosmic body is Jesus Christ, the high priest training you. Make sure you have the real Christianity and not the fake one of the devil. John 8, 23. He said to them, You are from below. Now why were they from below? Because they had no above body. Their religion was apostate because their religion now Judaism didn't need to be apostate but because of their belief systems that they didn't use the words from God the words of the prophets the Psalms and the Torah to form an above body they were below which means they were mishandling the word of God you are from below I am from above you are of this world I am not of this world Acts 2.14 I'll set wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below blood, fire, and billows of smoke Acts 2.19 and I will bring about wonders in the sky above and signs attesting miracles on the earth below blood, fire, and smoking vapor which is what I saw in my apartment two nights ago smoking vapor it was like smoke it was Acts 2.19, smoking glory. Romans 8.38 Yes, I am sure that nothing can separate us from God's love. Not death, life, angels, ruling spirits. I am sure that nothing now, nothing in the future, no powers, nothing above, nothing below, nothing in the whole created world will ever be able to separate us from the love God has shown us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8.39 And not powers above or powers below, nothing in all creation can separate us from God's love for us in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 3.15 After whom all families in heaven above and on earth below receive their names and pray families in heaven above you ever think about that you're being formed into families above you had families below now it's time to be above this cosmic body that the word of God is forming inside you by going into your spirit is awakening you to the type of person Jesus was when he walked the earth 
You're going to have the same walk as Jesus Christ, which means you're awakening above. You're awakened below already. And if you cling to that below awakened nature, which means you're born of flesh, that's being awakened below. Oftentimes the stubbornness and the pride of the below awakened animal nature is what constantly resists the awakening of the celestial above nature. You see it with nearly every Christian nowadays. They're so confident in their below nature, in their below Christianity, that there's no possibility of them rising and going up into an above nature. You need to make success only in the above nature. Jesus was operating only in the above, which automatically had dominion on everything below. The Bible says numerous times they tried to kill him, they tried to grab him, they tried to throw him off the edge of the cliff, but his time had not yet come. So they couldn't lay a finger on him. They desired to murder him, but they couldn't touch him. They couldn't get him with one rock, one stone. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't stop him. When you are fortified in your above body, you're an unstoppable torrent of Jesus Christ. So let us tonight get an image inside our mind of what our above body looks like. I want you to look right at the sapphire stones. I want you to look right at the celestial body. Amen? You have the moon as Jesus. You have the sun as Jesus. You have Uranus as Jesus. You have Saturn and Neptune as Jesus. You have Pluto as Jesus. You have Jupiter and Mars as Jesus. You have Mercury and Venus as Jesus. And look at the celestial body. That was Jesus operating as an above person. And I tell you the truth, because the Christians have not become the same type of above beings as Jesus was, that his people are not much like him yet. That'll change as we learn righteousness, as we learn the above body. <laughs> but because Christians have not embraced being above bodies, the enemy has taken the above body. And so most Christians are paranoid about it and they say, you know, that's sorcery. Well, what they're doing is sorcery. What you do in righteousness is the holy of holies and it conquers death and every demon shudders in hell if you ever wake up into your celestial body. The enemy won't have any power in the planet Earth ever again. But that hasn't happened yet because the definition of sleeping means to be complacently satisfied in the earthly body. We need to completely reject a life in the earthly body. Reject the animal life and go after the celestial promises. Go after the above life, the angelic life. Get unto the unknown. Use the scripture and interpret it more mystically. Now everyone I know that has ever walked in great power had the most fringest interpretations of Scripture, the most controversial interpretations of Scripture. I tell you the truth, the Father will stretch you even beyond that. Even beyond what the mystics have interpreted from the Bible, the Father's interpretation is further out there.
We have religious spirits, guys. We have blockages in us that say you can only interpret the scriptures to the below world's interpretation. It's diabolical. That's what makes it dead letter. What makes Bible dead letter? Interpreting it only for the below person. Which, if you're honest with yourselves, look at Christianity right now. That's over 99% of Christianity out here on planet Earth. Why is it acceptable when you have everyone applauding the sermon and all the teaching was so rock solid? Because it was entirely interpreted for the below person. That means almost zero of God the Father was involved in all that rock solid Bible teaching. Almost zero of the Father. You know what, uh, John Paul, on that note, what John Paul Jackson, I heard him say in one of his videos recently. True video. Yeah. He said that higher wisdom always seems like foolishness to a lower wisdom. And isn't that true? Something will stretch us or, or, you know, it kind of blows the mind. But if we can receive like a child, we can continue to always receive an increase of wisdom. So what does that mean? Whatever level of wisdom that I have currently, a higher wisdom is going to seem like foolishness. That doesn't mean you should embrace all foolishness in hopes of finding wisdom, but we need prudence. This was uh, from the notes um, we're reviewing today from the journey to the realm of the white rose. That's just the celestial navigation diary. Proverbs 14, 18. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. Right? The prudent are crowned with, what is that? Holy knowledge. From the Holy Spirit of knowledge. Prudence is serpent wisdom. A prudent man covers shame, it is written. A prudent man covers shame. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Proverbs 14, 8. Prudence, serpent wisdom, crowned with what? That glorified. Hi. (laughs) Serpent wisdom and how to get those cuddles every time. Mark 16. Go and preach this gospel to all the cats. Yes. That's nice. Do you have a prophetic word for the audience? (laughs) Meow, 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 meow. Cuddles and pets ministries. (laughs) Be nice to the other cats, right? And uh, don't eat too much. Just how much you need. And there's no limit on how many pets you can get. <laughs> no she cat. Likes the word. No she cat. You're soaking the glory out of the microphone. She likes the glory. You like the glory. <laughs> oh, oh we're getting adventurous today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's a beautiful journey that we're on. You have to enjoy. You know. Enjoy every day. <laughs> well, yes, this is what I use. She's finding. This is what I use to clean up after her. 
I said, I know. She knows I got, uh, now that I already brushed myself, she was gonna come. Come here. She was, now she's finding it. Okay, well, hopefully it'll be all right. It's well, good. creation longs for us to go into the above realm, then they get liberated from sin and death, it is written. So all that we're going to be doing as the body of Christ is really kind of slowly but surely going up. The exodus has already begun of Christianity from the seventh church of Revelation chapter 3 into the cosmic church of those who have cosmic bodies of the bride of Christ of Revelation 4. Only in the obedience to the rising of Revelation 4 do you become the bride. No seven churches of Asia Minor are the bride of Christ. It's false bride. The earthly bride, those who remain in the earth, become the Revelation 17 and 18 Horror Babylon. Okay? So almost all Christianity has become Horror Babylon. So it's in learning about the cosmic body. Cosmic mm-hmm. body, why is the heavenly Jerusalem, the scroll, come down mm-hmm. out of heaven? Because she's in heaven. She doesn't live on earth. She lives over the earth. Now that sounds like something insane to the animal brain. But to the renewed mind, you're with the angels. So your spirit man grows in intelligence and it burns a hole right through the center of your head. Because what makes you dead is you live out of your head. So as you begin to hear righteousness and entertain it in your heart, there's an awakening. That's what an open heaven is. An open heaven is... It's open to go into heaven. It's not just staying on earth and I got all kinds of heaven stuff pouring down on me. I'm ascending and descending with the angels in the path of lightnings. I'm going up with the angels. I'm learning elevations. I'm learning what my celestial body can do. I'm learning the purpose of Jesus Christ and the moon. Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and the sun. Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and Keter, Uranus. Mm-hmm. And the function of these realms and their angels assigned to these posts. When the Bible says the angels left their posts, it's written in Jude. That means they left Uranus. They left Saturn. They left Jupiter. They left Mars. They left the south gate, the north gate, the east gate, the west gate. (laughs) They left their obedience to the cosmic body and serving those in the cosmic realm. Adam and Eve had cosmic bodies, Mm y'all. Truth, anyhow. The Bible says there was no heaven on earth until God formed Adam and Eve, and then heaven came through Adam and Eve, which means they they were the connection through the second heavens onto the earth. That's written in Genesis. So until we become cosmic, we have no ability to bring heaven to earth. Matthew 6, how we pray on earth as it is in heaven, yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. What does that mean? It means the bringing the Father down through us. Jesus said how you should pray as Christians would, to be, would be to bring the Father down through your cosmic body under the earth. Learning how to bring the glory down. Tabernacles. Now, you first go up and then you go down. That's why the spirit of holiness, then after the spirit of holiness, the Bible says you get into the glory. But for the most part, it's going up. Now you learn how to bring it down and to baptize nations. Go out and baptize nations. It doesn't say baptize individuals. It says baptize atmospheres, 
baptized continents. You can only do that if you're walking in your cosmic body. Jesus' apostles were cosmic bodies. That's why their gates are only in the cosmos, according to Revelation. The pearl gates with their names on it, the gemstones with their names on it, are in the second heavens only. That's what it says. What we have down here ain't even first century biblical Christianity. We have an earthly form that's denied celestial power. They denied the second heavens. Yep. By denying the second heavens, you've denied being a part of the cosmic body, which means most, almost all Christians down here haven't even tasted what mm-hmm. Jesus and his apostles actually walked in. So if they're born again and they receive that DNA and then they go on and they go on and they trample the blood of Jesus and they you know, go on to this Babylonian you know, charismatic witchcraft. Isn't it interesting? It says, what happened to, what happened to that body? Babylon, the great, has fallen, has fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit in a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And that's what we find, isn't it? That's where they live. In the uncircumcised flesh, you want a celestial flesh, it's celestial circumcision we talk about every week. Every sapphire stone has that shell or that part that needs circumcised or removed in order for it to only be what God has placed there. The other side has to be removed. That's circumcision. Circumcise your heart. Well, what is it? It's within you. You're going through the temple, the outer court, the inner court. You really want that. She wants the the rolling. Why? You know, just stick to your fur. You don't want it. You know, sometimes we, we think we want what we don't really want. And I find that's the case with cats. But that haunt. New heavens yeah. and new earth. Second heavens. When that part is circumcised and thrown away, there is no more of that body of the whore of Babylon. You're no longer that person anymore. That celestial part of you is circumcised, which means it's cut away. It's removed. So as you go up, it's not just this back and forth, oh, some days I do good, some days I do bad, and you're going to have ups and downs. But it's a permanent removal of the foreskin of the sapphire stones. The cross ultimately tore the veil to get us back into our above bodies. Hebrews 2.7 Though he was born below, why was Jesus born below? To get everyone born below, born above. John 3 says you must be born above. He could not save us until he came in the flesh and was born below. The cross tears the veil into the above realm. Is it about forgiveness of sins? That's part of it. Is it all of it? No. It's an entrance to a different place. The blood of Jesus was shed so that you could go into the above realm that the devil took from Adam and Eve. Satan took Jesus onto a high and lofty mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world, Greek word world, cosmos, all the kingdoms under the stars. That's what it says, that he showed him the kingdoms of the cosmos. So those kingdoms, or seven mountains, 
are what the fallen angels have been ruling over principalities in the heavenly places. What heavenly places? The stars. One third of the stars that fell by the dragon's tail. What's dragon's tail? Satan's lies. Lucifer's lies, which is tail in prophetics, that took one third of the angels through lies. And through lying, they no longer obey their posts in the heavens by serving what the heavens were gifted to Adam and Eve in the beginning to be the extension of God the Father to have their own lower garden to mirror the Father's higher garden. Understand the function. The Bible says God said to the man and woman, till the garden and name the animals and be zookeepers, in other words. And they were tilling it with the fruit of their lips. They didn't have the plows or the rakes. They didn't need that because their words produced the powers of the heavens like lightnings. Lightning would come forth from their hands, from their mouths, from their heads, from their eternal bodies. There was no death in them. They were created perfect like God the Father, even physically, so that all the light of God was born in their image and they were learning his abilities through what gardening in Eden the same Eden as God no a different Eden of Adam and Eve below God's garden an extension of the garden to be like God they were already gardening like God and the devil said you needed to be like God to do something else but they were already doing the activities that God does so that deceived them into getting into religion doing something God's not even doing so understand in the beginning God first and foremost taught them gardening to produce the realm and atmosphere that he himself enjoys then to walk with him there and you give him the fruit of the garden it's first inside your heart in your spirit then it materializes through elements melted around you and is produced in your cities and nations and continents on planet earth the above person the above body becomes a cosmic gardener it says in scripture they sow the heavens where do we sow them into a new earth making earth new continuously not once it's a gardening daily and it's a work of rest it's the works of the angels in heaven that the sons of God and the manifest overcomers of the end times are learning how to do in their above realm and you begin to see visions of it the angels will come last night three different times angels came to me last night and poured vials on my head and my whole head went numb with the glory three separate occasions I've been praying because God's speaking this week about the ultra purity of the mind and he's showing it before my eyes he's like this is what's available your mind like a star your mind just perfect your senses perfect your eyes your ears your whole head perfect your whole brain perfect and he showed me what a perfect brain of Jesus Christ brain looks like being ultra pure of mind and so I said father I want that ultra pure mind that you showed me three times after he heard my prayer he sent angels to me pouring that ultra pure anointing on my head 
And it just went completely numb with the glory oil three different times. Accelerating. You pray those prayers. You pray for the purity of your mind. Expect angels to come and help you inherit salvation because God answers those prayers. And now through a pure mind, you can see and hear more accurately what the above body is doing. You'll function here in the lower body as the upper body. And it won't be this division or this schism and this confusion. You'll be operating as the heavenly body extended down through your earthly body automatically in unity. Not separated, not uh, double, single. If the eye is single, the body is full of light. What light? God's light that has come down through you from your above body. The river comes down through your above body. If you're not living out of your above body, you have neglected and stifled the river of life, which means your human earthly life, as good as it is or bad it is, it's nothing like God created it or wants it to be. It'll be totally, dramatically, dynamically transformed as you're awakened to your above body. So we need, what's the teaching of righteousness do? It's the teaching of of the above body and that's what's going to come forth continuously from any ministry pioneering anyone working in the earthly is apostate totally apostate those that are working in the heavenly sapphire stones are leading and advancing the body and doing god's will so we need to separate all the bad leadership and put them back into sunday school put them back into children's church because they're infants in Christ and they're disqualified to lead the body of Christ. We need to get them all back into being students. Have nothing to do with the people that are not raising people up into the heavens. Because they're not doing God's will in these days. God has rebuked the earthly church severely. God won't even consider those who remain in the earth and reject the upward heavenly calling His, his people. They will not be called Christians. They will not be called sons of God. They will not be saved. They'll be damned into the lake of fire with Satan and his angels because they've rejected the resurrection and the life, which means they've never liked him anyway. They liked the good stuff about him, added unto themselves. They're all thieves and they're all liars. So we repent of our earthly, thieving, lying nature, and we go up in the resurrection of life into the truth. Your word is truth. Your word created the heavens. Your word created the stars. Your word created the sun and the moon. Your word has stationed angels in these posts. And your word is the ladder and the steps of our internal and external upward ascension. You will ascend internally, and then you will ascend externally. Each step of the way, there's an upgrade for your outer man by the elevation of your spirit, your inner man. And if it's not going into the outer man and not shared with the outer man, a devil got it guaranteed. And the devil's ripping you off because you don't understand how things work. This tree of life begins in the earth internally by the seed of the word of God planted in your hearts and it grows up inside us therefore transforms and upgrades everything outside us. That's on earth as it is in heaven. Make sure the new earth comes forth constantly around you through the elements and the molecules and the atoms as your inner man goes up 
in Jesus Christ. Amen. Glory bless you guys. Have a beautiful evening in the glory of God. Let God's word burn in your hearts and burn in your minds. I pray that this oil that was poured on me by the angels would be poured on all your minds for ultra purity impartation from God the Father's angels in heaven. In Jesus' name. And let it transform all your minds, your senses, your thought life, and raise you up into your heavenly bodies. And see your heavenly bodies. And learn the abilities of your heavenly bodies. And we look forward to hearing from you. Post about it in the Facebook group. Let us hear what your heavenly bodies, the learning and the teaching and the training of your angels and from God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and what they're talking about, the fruit of Red Letter Ministries and our teachings in your lives. Feel free to share about it. That's what the group is for. That's why we have the online community, Iron Sharpens Iron. You can bring your testimonies. You can share your wisdom, your revelations, and build up this cosmic body forming in RLM Global. Yeah, and if you're taking the master class right now, share with us in the group uh, where you're at in the class. You know, uh, Some people are posting screenshots and things like that. So just you know, encourage one another in your training and what you're learning. And if you've learned something from watching Joel's Bar, I hope you've learned something. Well, we should have learned at least one thing by now. Hopefully something, Christ within you. Maybe you experienced Christ within you for the first time. Mm. That's not a small thing. That's a big thing. Those little things, don't compare your revelation to other people's revelation. That was one of the saddest things about the church age and God outside mind of Christianity is when you get that brand new revelation and it's so wonderful to you. Oh, it's like a balloon. You just look at it. You just want to run around and show everyone, look at, look, I got it. It's taken me up. It's a, I mean, it's a balloon. Nothing better than a kid like, I got a balloon. You know, what color? Oh my goodness. Wow, that's a nice balloon. And you just want to show everyone. But it's the, the religious demon that comes around like, oh, well, I've known that for, it's just needles, pop. You know, kid crying now, broken the Demons in the flesh, so they already knew that. It's so heartbreaking, There's you guys. no life in the spirit. Let the kid enjoy the nice balloon, because that balloon is Christ, and that's <laughs> everything to them in that moment. We cannot despise prophecy. We cannot despise small beginnings. Don't despise the small beginnings of somebody else. Right? There's always going to be room for correction and training, like we talked about at the beginning. Look at the apostles, greatest signs and wonders. But what was their training like? Are you guys so dull? Don't you get it? <laughs> so if you find that your training is, why are you so dull? Get behind me, Satan. You know, that's actually the training of the same people who went on to do the greatest signs and wonders of their time. Apostles. So all the aspects of God, his love for you, your training, being corrected, being humble, and also, let's not go around with needles and pop everybody's balloons. They might have just got that revelation. Yeah, I'm sure you heard about it 27 years ago, but that's everything for them in that moment, and just let them enjoy it. Bob Ross in heaven, I met him in heaven on one of my trips there, and he was showing the revelations art station. Sometimes he said, you just gotta let them get the revelation, right? It, he, I saw one teacher, 
and they were painting and they were telling the student this is how you paint it you paint it like this you do it this way with this color and then do it like that no you did it wrong do it like this no joy no fun zero revelation am i doing it good enough and then on the other hand we saw bob ross in heaven yeah yeah this is what it looks like you the colors well and you can use this clouds. color. Yeah, lots of happy clouds. <laughs> lots of fun colors. Open a little bit for, you know, what color, you know, maybe you want to put a little blue in there. Just a nice little blue. Just calming blue. It's beautiful. And you hint at it and you let them get inspiration and you point them in the right direction. And if they're painting wrong, you, you go around and correct them. Just this, you, this is how you make it like this. Wow. And all of a sudden, as they're painting, and all of a sudden, and he stepped back and he let them do it. Bing! Like a light bulb went on and they were in shock and they looked at the painting. They got it. They understood what it was about. But it happened organically inside them. And that was their communion with the Spirit of God. It was the joy of painting. And I was like, I finally get it, the joy of painting. That was his, his calling from heaven. Mm. We'll close with this word. Revelation 21, verse 1. I looked again and could hardly believe my eyes. Everything above me was new. Everything below me was new. Everything around me was new because the heaven and earth that had passed away and the sea was gone completely. <laughs> and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God prepared like a bride on her wedding day, adorned for her husband and for his eyes only. And I heard a great voice coming from the throne. See, the home of God is with his people, and he will live in them. They will be his people, and God himself will be in them. The prophecies are fulfilled. He will wipe every tear from their eyes death will be no more mourning no more crying no more pain no more for the first things have gone away what is it going up in heaven by being god inside minded then all of that external stuff is obliterated according to jesus christ be blessed in jesus name we'll see you guys tomorrow like to give an offering into Red Letter Ministries, become a partner, a tither, a supporter of the Advancing Kingdom works here. All the links are in the description. Be blessed as you give. The Bible says, test me in finances and see that I do not pour out for you such a blessing that you can't even contain it. I pray that these words become realities as people listening at the sound of my voice test God in finances. Scripture says it's okay to test Jesus with money. I pray some of you would do it. Get a revelation. An incredible amount to give to God and test God with money according to the Bible. I remember Bob Jones saying one time that an angel came to him and told him to test God with money. It was all the money they had for food. And he gave and the angel said, "Go give all that money he was pulling stumps and he got like 60 bucks for pulling stumps out of someone's yard him and his wife had no food and the angel said go and give all the money you have 
to that preacher down there on the street and gave him the address. He'd go in there and he just gave him. And before he handed the money, I'm, I'm claiming God on this offering because the angel said to give it to you and that to test God. And so as he gave the preacher the money, he said, I'm testing God. He said from that point on, and this was when he was young, from that point on, him and his wife and his ministry never again struggled with finances. So it'll work for you. It's a biblical principle. You learn to give in to God and test God, and the increase comes through angels. Because angels obey His Word and let it be activated in all your lives by the kingdom of heaven upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. Be